Welcome back to Eddie's Launch Pads. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Right. Let's go. You are listening to Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast. That's right, here we are again. It's Eddie's Launchpads. Eddie's with me here. He's just woken up from a very long sleep, listeners. I know you love Eddie being here, and he is here with me. And I've got a special guest that I'm going to introduce in just a moment. We're coming towards the end of Season 3 of Eddie's Launchpads, but don't worry, we'll be back in September with Season 4. We're already getting some guests lined up. And our guest today will be back in season four. So you won't be just hearing her just for today. She's coming back next academic year and we're going to carry on talking about what we're talking about today. Now, bereavement can happen at any time. I've got to introduce to you someone who's going to help us. In fact, she's just written and donated a book to our school and I'm delighted to welcome Joanna Moore to the show. Welcome to the show, Joanna. Thank you so much for having me. Now, before we get on to your book, uh, I'd like us to talk about this this subject of bereavement. We have talked about it before with Sue Atkins and, and other authors on the show, like Adam Searle. All sorts of people have been on and we've talked about this subject. What is your experience of this and what is, what is your thoughts? I honestly, I don't think that we're doing enough to talk about grief and bring grief awareness into the limelight. I, you know, I think that children easily get forgotten when it comes to grief because they take their cues from adults and adults and parents really struggle with it because it's a really difficult and painful subject. And other sort of professionals also can struggle with it. And then it doesn't actually get the space to be discussed. And I think we are always in schools and out of schools talking about developing and supporting children's resilience in life, yet we're never really talking about one of the most difficult topics that we all have to go through at some stage, not only with our own lives, but with the people around us. There's no escaping it. So I certainly believe that it is important and healthy to have organic discussions about grief and bereavement and death with children, not feel so confused about what they're feeling, but it just creates a safe platform for them to feel okay to talk about a really difficult subject. And if we're talking to children about bereavement and death organically before this event happens, then we're introducing the subject to them so it's not such a shock. I have had a lot of bereaved children, either the loss of a parent, a grandparent, an uncle. I've had children that have sadly passed away and I've had whole communities. I've had to deal with a mass event where the whole community was literally grieving because of the very tragic loss of a young 14-year-old boy that was 
nobody was prepared for it. So it was a shock, even to the youth workers, everybody was in shock and in grief. And then, you know, as a, a therapist, because I'm a qualified counsellor and psychotherapist, and I have my own practice, I work with a lot of adults, and I've worked with a lot of bereavement. And I've worked with adults who have lost parents when they were children, never got the opportunity to process that grief and to deal with it. And it's impacting them later on, because all those feelings that they've avoided and buried inside them are starting to find a way out of them and, and disrupt their life, really. So it's it's a really important topic, not only for children, but for adults and creating a space for adults also to feel comfortable and safe to be able to talk to about these subjects with their children. Yeah, it's it's certainly that certainly resonates with me because uh, I know that in the past, particularly in in the community of dogs, thought we've seen tragedy through accidents and through incidents that have happened, and people have lost loved ones, and they of course have had children that have come to our school and were actually attending school when the the accident or whatever happened, and it's you're you're quite right. We 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 do see in later life. Uh, those all those issues sort of showing themselves in in unhelpful ways because perhaps at the time um, things weren't dealt with in the way that they should have been dealt with and people didn't work through their grief and all sorts of things like anger and frustration then show themselves in in all sorts of ways. Um, it is it is a big problem when it comes to um, how we work through with a child when somebody passes away or there's something going on what would you say is um what are the sorts of things can we do and what would you advise teachers that are perhaps going through this at the moment i mean i think any teacher will know that age appropriate language and age appropriate resources are really important and then you also need to Think about individual children's needs because children are not generic and you might have children with different backgrounds, different cultures, different religious beliefs. And you also might have children that might be neurodiverse and might need information being delivered differently. So I certainly am not for one glove fits all. Never been a fan of that. That's why I don't only... Uh, sort of like go on about promoting my book but other bereavement books and other learning resources because I think that you need a lot of variation you know when, when a child comes to school we don't go well here here's some soft play enjoy it for a day and that's it that's all you're getting you'll 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 be nurtured and nourished from that one session no what we do is we continuously offer children support we continue engaging with them to explore the world around them to teach them new things we're consistently as parents teachers caregivers telling children and correcting them and supporting them and telling them the reasons it's you know I've never heard of anybody tell a child something once and it go in and that's it miraculously it's done if only. <laughs> and, and, ticked, and the box is ticked it isn't. This is about having a natural organic discussion continuously. Put your rubbish in the bin. Be kind. You know, I, I was looking at 
children lie because they're worried that something's going to happen if they tell the truth explore the concern you know there's so much for us as adults to learn within ourselves to support our children and one of the biggest fears that adults have is talking about one of the most difficult subjects and that is death because most adults have their own stuff around it they're really frightened and of course the thought of losing somebody that you love is absolutely unbearable so nobody wants to go there but unfortunately, we all will go there at some point. We all experience grief at some point. And sadly, children are part of that. You know, I think there's an average statistic from the Child Bereavement Network that says one out of 20 children under the age of 16 actually experience the loss of a parent. And we're not even discussing grandparents, uncles and aunts important friends of the family, children, those aren't in the statistics. So you can imagine what that would be if you add those statistics. So children are experiencing that. I think by the age of 10, I had experienced four significant bereavements, not a parent, but four significant bereavements in my life. So I certainly know from experience. And I also live with a life-threatening condition called Addison's disease, which literally means that if I sprained my ankle, I could go into crisis. And if I don't have the medication around me, that could be me in hospital and I could die as quick as that. Um, so for me as a mother as well, it's always been really important age appropriately to have these discussions with my children, discussing my condition, you know, and exploring what would happen if mummy wouldn't be here anymore and what you might be feeling and what might be going on. And it's not discussed as a heavy topic. My children aren't running around traumatized. Children are actually very open to having these discussions, providing it's done age appropriately you know and books are a really wonderful way not only my book but there are other books and I think Sue Atkins has about four wonderful bereavement books so I certainly recommend variation in books but books are a wonderful way to take away the focus from your own personal life and then you can have those discussions through the story like you do with friendship or recycling awareness. You read a book, you discuss it. What do you think? What do you feel? You know, mine's about Alana the mermaid who experiences the loss of a grandparent. And you can sit there for every page and think, say, well, why do you think Alana might be feeling angry? You know, what might be going on? And you can introduce it lightly as a conversation. It doesn't have to be dark to have the conversation around death and bereavement and grief. And we, we don't have to as adults, it's like we have to pretend that we don't feel pain. Well, actually that's unreal in life. We do feel pain. We do feel loss. We can't pretend that these things don't happen and don't exist. We're then setting up our children to believe that the world is something that it's not, that we have to consistently be happy in life we can't be consistently happy you try and be happy 24 7 i 
let me know your secret because, you know, you can't. It's about going with the ups and the lows and having the skills to be able to try and work through it. And if you have a support network around you to support you through difficult things like bereavement and bereavement, there's a massive one for children, for adults. There's counselling out there. There's, there's a whole heap of variation of support that's out there. Um, wanting to help people through grief that are passionate about it because there's a need people need support when they feel a tragic loss in their life it's difficult and there's no right or wrong way to grieve and there is no time expectancy when you lose somebody that you love that is a permanent thing it is going to come with you throughout your whole journey of life what it is is trying to move past the pain and the hurt which you can move through and start to have hope again in your life and start to have positivity and joy and you know hopefully be in a place where you're talking about the person that you've lost with love and affection and familiarity rather than not talking about them because they're gone so well if we don't talk about it it means that it never happens and you don't feel pain that's ridiculous. You're going to feel the pain. So I prefer to celebrate the people that I've lost and remember them. And I might even find myself a couple of years down the line shedding a tear, whether it be for joy or whether it just be because I miss conversations with them. And that's absolutely OK. So anybody ever tells you if you are bereaved, you should be over it by now. No. You're not going to be over it. There isn't an over period. There is working through it and having a, a good life once you move through the pain of it. Very, very wise words there, listeners. Um, if, if the things that we're talking about today are affecting you, get in touch with uh, your doctor. The, the, you, there are people around who can help you. We'll put some stuff onto our, our podcast so that you can you can click on a link and, and get some the help that perhaps you, you're, you're thinking about getting. Uh, Joanna's saying some really uh, important things, and it, it's, it's certainly uh, resonating with me. Now, your book, Joanna, is a, is a wonderful book book um i've i've you very kindly donated it to the school and i'll be honest i read through it i was the first one to have a look through it and it's a lovely it's a lovely story that we're going to be a big help to us you mentioned without giving too much of the plot away um for for children who would read this um in what's what's the plot about roughly and how might it help them I think it's really important that when you're reading a book like this, like most books, which is recommended, number one, for the parent or the carer to read it first so that they can be prepared with the content of the story, whatever bereavement book that they read, and so that they're ready to maybe answer some of the questions and they can have a think about how they feel about it. And I, I you know, with subjects like this, I would not suggest just give the book to the child so that they can read it on their own. This really is about creating a, a dialogue and a relationship and support for children. So they really do need another adult there to go through the story with them so that they can be prompted to ask the questions because children will take leads from the parents and the parents aren't open for dialogue or the, the carer isn't. 
child won't ask the question, you know, so they, they will follow suit. So really, I would encourage parents and carers or teachers to read the story first so that they have a good think about their feelings around grief and bereavement before having the discussion. The, the story is, uh, you know, it's based around Alana the mermaid and her family and the fact that her grandmother is not well and her time on this earth will soon come to pass. So grandma is sadly dying and she has a whole range of emotions and feelings um, that come up for her while this is happening. And she is lucky to have a support network of people around her, including her grandma, who is comfortable to talk about the fact that she won't be around forever and to explore ways and important aspects of, of what Ilana can take from this really beautiful relationship that she has with her grandma and how she can use that relationship to help her when her grandma's no longer there. And sadly, at the end of the story or coming close to the end of the story, the grandma does die. And it is about how, uh, how Alana has processed those feelings and the support that she's got and how she feels about that experience and the fond memories that she draws upon in order to help her feel not so alone without her grandma. And because it's called Love is the Gift, I'm guessing that's, without giving too much away, that's the gift that grandma leaves with her, is it? That is the ultimate gift, really, isn't it? It is the the most healing it is the one that you can give that costs nothing and is received with joy and it is the one thing that we all yearn and embrace so you know you whatever background you come from whatever financial or economical situation you come from love is the only thing that you can have completely for free and you know it's a really it, it is the most wonderful gift for any child or any adult actually it's healing it helps us to grow it can help us to learn you know if it's done with care and love and respect then you really have the power to grow people in such a positive way um, and that's children and adults. So love is certainly the gift, I would say, for pretty much most things in life. But it's certainly the one thing that you get to keep mm. of, of the person that is no longer here. And you get to treasure that mm. and have that in your heart. Those feelings cannot be taken away from you. They're mm. yours forever. And 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 that's it is the the one thing the one lasting thing as you rightly say that does last and it lasts for years and years and years and it's a it's a free gift and whether you've got uh, what whether you've got a faith or whether you've got no faith at all love can la literally lasts for generations because it's um, the love that we have for somebody else is then passed on to another generation and so it goes down the line. And um, I know a, a gentleman who lost his wife very, very early on in life. She sadly got very ill and, and she passed away and she was very young. And I, that man is now a very, 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 very old man. He lays flowers at his wife's grave and he's done that 
every single time all those years. And uh, it's the love that just keeps on giving. And that's that's the whole point. So thank you for your book, Joanna. And thank you for Love is the Gift. And um, we'll certainly keep it at school and we'll we'll use it wisely. We've got we have we've had lots of authors on on our uh, launch pad and um, some of them have brought in books like yours about bereavement. And, I, and, and they're all different. And uh, I know that the staff at Dogs Thorpe Infants look at the, read the books, look at the books and think, now this won't be uh, appropriate for this child, but this one will. And whether, wherever that is and whatever the book is, um, we'll, we'll try and help you through your child through um, uh, a bereavement if sadly it happens whilst they're with us at Dogs Thorpe Infant School. Joe, if people want to buy your book, parents, teachers, want to get it for their school, where's the best for them place for them to go? So you can get it from my website if you're in the UK, which is joannapamore.com. Pretty easy, my name. Um, you can also get it on Amazon and you can get it at Waterstones. So there's three main locations that you can get it from. And, you know, if you want information, you can follow me on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, main name is Love is the Gift for all of those. Um, I do actually, you know, when I post stuff, I do also post stuff like for the whole family. Um, so I won't only promote my own book, but I do promote other children's books on bereavement other teenage books for bereavement, other adult books for bereavement, because my belief is that, you know, grief, when it hits a child, it hits the whole family. It's not only the child. And, you know, supporting parents is really important because they in turn support their children. So the resources, we just don't have enough resources on bereavement and grief. So I really encourage get a selection of books. And, you know, if you haven't gone through a bereavement yet in life and your children haven't, then find a couple of books that you're happy with that you can read with them, either from the library or if you're going to buy them, have a few on your bookshelf so that they can just be part of the natural reading at home. It's so much easier going through bereavement books and discussing this topic when you're not in the heart of grief. So I, I personally really encourage people to have that dialogue with their children while they're not struggling and suffering themselves as well. But, you know, that there's no that is always a good time to pick up a book. And, there's you know, it's never too late to get support and help, you know, and there is support and help there for the entire family when it comes to grief and bereavement. Mm. We, we all we're all in it. We all know what that loss feels. It's a difficult topic. Mm. And and whilst we're all we all live in a dangerous world, and um, you know anything can happen to all of us. We are, after all, only human. With with what you have got, um, Joanna, it must be it must change your 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 life view, your world view when you're living with what you've got, because it sounds like that. That's very serious. If you could just suddenly twist your ankle, sprain your ankle, it could bring the, an end to your life. That's that that must affect you and your whole family. Well, you know, I manage it really well. Um, 
so yes it can affect my family but i do we were all on the go for managing it so most uh. people won't even if you look at me you won't even realize that i have a medical condition you won't notice if i've got chronic fatigue or any of the sort of symptoms that come along with it um because it's one of those hidden conditions um obviously i can rapidly decline in cortisol which means that I can die quite easily from very small things. Even a massive fright could put me. Oh, goodness. Into... But, you know, th th it's something that's managed. And uh, to be totally honest with you, I, I feel quite blessed. I mean, d don't get me wrong. I don't want this condition. <laughs> I prefer not to have it. But, you know, uh, looking at it from a positive perspective, it does. It has made me pay attention more to my life to death i've certainly lost a lot of people that i've loved you know they've died and passed away so i'm not i have it's not that i haven't experienced grief and loss myself but you know i think my condition has made me so aware about how important it is to have those conversations with my children you know and they're not frightened by it they're not uncomfortable by having those conversations because i'm not there to frighten them i'm just there to have open conversations mm. of what to expect if something happened and hopefully offering a little bit more resilience to them if something did happen and you know even in my community um heading up to i think it was the christmas holidays there was one father that tragically died from some sort of uh, a virus uh, that nobody knew about, left four children behind from the age of six to 14. You know, nobody was prepared for that. Another, you know, another local person, they lost their, I think it was their five or six year old youngest child to a heart you know condition that they didn't even realize was there you know I, I, even further back there's another mother that had cancer and passed away you know these are all conditions that nobody ever prepared themselves for because obviously you don't think about that in the beginning of your family life you kind of think no we're all going to pass away when we're old and we're going to get to a certain age and then we'll see our grandchildren and then we'll pass away and that's wonderful i wish that was the case mm. and it does happen for a lot of people that that's how it unfolds but you know for one out of 20 children that's not how it happens and you know and that's not talking about other significant family members so if we're not having these discussions organically in schools wherever in youth projects you know on tv on radio we're not having these discussions at least at the times when there's important around children's grief awareness week and bereavement week and all of that you know when are we going to have those discussions i think we really have to pay attention to ourselves as adults and try and work through our own fears so that we can support our children because this isn't going to go away by putting your head in the ground it just doesn't sadly well, thank you for your time today. Would you uh, come be kind enough to come back onto the launch pad in Grief Awareness Week and 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 share some more of your very wise words? Because it's been a, a tremendous help to us. I'm sure that lots of people who listen to our podcast have found um, very useful words and uh, maybe help them to to see that either they might need to talk to somebody else after this podcast is over or maybe want to get a copy of your book or get in contact with you. Uh, listeners, uh, all you Eddie fans out there, 
if you have been interested in this particular subject, remember that it's not just Joe's Joanna's book out there that's, uh, that you can get hold of. There's all sorts of books that we featured on, on the launch pad. Go over and see uh, our resident online family advisor, uh, Sue Atkins. You can find her on all the social media sites. Let's go and have a see what she offers because she's got lots of books on her um, uh, Twitter pages, all those sorts of books. There's help out there. We'll make sure that all of the links, all of Joanna's links to her book and to her website and to her social media, all that's going to be on our podcast. Just go into the text. You're just one click away. Joanna, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me and talking about this really important subject. I really do appreciate it. Well, we'll see you in in the next academic year. Let's get you back on the show. Wonderful. Thank you.